0: Welcome to the Wealth Builders Podcast. I'm Billy Epperhardt, and on this show, you're going to hear from industry leaders in business, real estate, and investing. Our Wealth Builder coaches and myself are excited to teach you how to make sense of making money for making a difference. Okay, let's get started. I want to talk to you about for a second about the real reason that we do what we're doing in the marketplace what we do, what we're doing in the nonprofit realm and why and why we do those things. And so then we're gonna give you some scriptures for that. And so as I as I kind of go through this tonight, I'm gonna to talk a little bit about biblical foundations for business. Now, we're gonna look at Deuteronomy chapter 8, verses 17 and 18. Then you say in your heart, My power and the might of my hand have gained me this wealth, and you shall remember the Lord your God, for it's he who gives you the power. To get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers as it is this day. So we we have the direction and the promise of God that if we remember the Lord your God and we remember him in this light, it's he that gives you the power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant. So there's a revelation as we look at this. That this is in the book of Deuteronomy, of course. This is Moses giving one of his five discourses in Deuteronomy. He's preaching to the people that are about to enter into the promised land. And he's saying to them, This is something I want you to remember. And he said, You know, because sometimes you'll say, It's my power and the might of my hand have gained me this wealth. Now I want to tell you this I've lived long enough to have lost a lot of money, and I have lived long enough to have made a lot of mistakes. Now, that's a fact. And one of the things that I have learned is that when I am walking and listening to God, the Holy Spirit in my life, number one, I I lose a whole lot less money. The second thing that happens when I do that is I end up making a lot more money. But one of the keys is not losing it. And so you if, if you say, I'm the one that did it, we're not depending on God. I want to tell you, it's amazing how many holes are in the bags of your pockets if you're not walking in alignment with what the Holy Spirit's telling you to do. So he's telling us, but remember the Lord your God, for it's he who gives you the power or the ability to get wealth. And so one of the things that is really interesting as we look at this, this is the book of Deuteronomy, If you look at the first five books of the Old Testament, we call that the the Torah or we call that the Pentateuch when we look at it. And so there is really the the Jewish mindset can be found in what we call the first five books of the Old Testament. And if you start looking at some of the mindsets that come out of here, I uh, uh, I love the Message Bible on this translation uh I'm going to give you some different ones tomorrow some really good ones on how God will give you wealth but I love this in the message bible it says this if you start thinking to yourselves i did all this and all by myself i'm rich and it's all mine well think again he said remember that god that that god your god gave you the strength to produce all this wealth as to confirm the covenant that he promised to your ancestors as it is this day. And so the part I want you to see that he said there, he said, if you start thinking to yourself, I did all this and all by myself, I'm rich. It's all mine. We'll think again. And I want to tell you something. The reason I'm the reason i the reason I'm passionate when I do this verse is because that's exactly what I thought. When I began on the journey that I had to building well. and I made some money. I mean, I lost some money, but I made some money. And I remember I got to the place I did it. It for every wrong reason you can imagine, I had no revelation of the kingdom. I did it for myself, it was totally selfish. And when I got there, you know, I, there, there was a pride that got associated with it that, you know, you did this. Well, it didn't take me long to discover if you don't have God in the middle of this, you don't have anything. And it's not just for spiritual reasons or noble reasons. Money will start going out of your hands the minute you get into pride. The Bible is very plain, very plain that pride comes before fall. And so the minute you get there, you've got to keep God at the center, not out of fear, but because you love him. And this is where we're going to talk about this in this session tonight, is understanding how you keep God in the center of this. Now, practically speaking, because we're looking here in the first five books, I want to talk just quickly about Jewish economic theory or the Jewish mindset that is important to have. And so when you're building business, I'm going to talk about the kingdom here in a second, but when you're building businesses, Uh, Are even growing nonprofits, there's there's a certain mindset that I want to talk to you about. This is in my book, Money Mastery, uh, but I want to bring it in here in this particular uh, workshop. And here's the the five foundations of Jewish economic theory. Number one is that we participate with God in the creative process. And so we're going to, I'll give you some illustrations as we go through this. There's a word I say in Texan called tikkun olam. The Jewish folk actually pronounce it different, but for me, I was raised on phonetics. How many of you remember phonetics? Did y'all have that? Some of you did, some of you didn't. You had phonetics, so I call it tikkun olam. We're going to talk about that on participation in the creative process. The second uh, foundation of Jewish economic theory is the protection of private property. And uh, let me just say this. You go into... And I want you to stay with me here on this. You go into socialism, you go into communism, and then you go into some other types of isms that are out there. The protection of private property is no longer there, just so we're crystal clear. It's one of the bedrocks of Jewish economic theory, and it's one of the bedrocks that the, that the United States was founded on. Second, uh, excuse me, three is the accumulation of wealth is a virtue. Now that is a part of Jewish economic theory and the mindset is that the key that the accumulation of wealth is a good thing. It's not only a good thing, it's a virtue. Number four was caring for the needy. And then number five, which it's amazing to me how people miss this one, limited government, smaller government. If I have to talk to this crowd about smaller government, I got the wrong people in the room. So I'll have to go find a different crowd. So the limited government. Now, one of the things I want to say to you, because I'm going to come back to those, so don't worry, I'm going to come back to them. But I'm giving them to you. One of the things that 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 I want to say to you is is that um, when we talk about the. the kind of our theme for Wealth Builders, and Wealth Builders is what sponsors all of these workshops. When we talk about the theme for Wealth Builders, remember, we talk about it's making sense of making money for making a difference. It's not about, watch this now, it's not about just what I can have, it's about what I can impact, who I can impact, and what difference I can make for the kingdom of God. And so we we say that, and we believe that, and we practice that without apology. In other words, our our primary role here is to position ourselves as Christians and as believers to make an p- impact for the kingdom of God. Most of you will know the person that, whose name I'm going to mention here, uh, but uh, I've gotten a lot closer both personally and as well as ministerially to, uh, to Dwayne Sheriff, of course, who comes a lot to, he's pastor, he's a pastor, and he and I have been talking a lot behind the scenes. He comes to Karis Bible College, of course, a lot, and Andrew Womack Ministries a lot, and so I've gotten to know him, I was down, and I spoke at his Jubilee Conference just this last, you were there, weren't you? Yeah, I remember. You came up and said, Hello. And uh, uh, I spoke at his conference down there, and he and I were talking in the green room about the kingdom of God and the impact that we need to see for the kingdom. And he heard me make this statement. Dwayne heard me make this statement at Summer Family Bible Conference at Karis. And I made the statement that most of us are, are, are very schooled in understanding uh, the gospel of salvation. In fact, that's what we've preached is the gospel of salvation. But very few people have really preached the gospel of the kingdom. And I'm not preaching here, or not I'm teaching, and so some people, when they hear that especially from the background I come from, they go, they kind of hesitate when you say that. But there's a difference because if you understand when Jesus prayed in Matthew chapter six, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in the earth, even as it is in heaven. And we're learning today in the current political environment that we live in and governmental environments that we're having to deal with, with all the stuff that's out there, we're learning that the kingdom having a present presence and all of the seven mountains of culture and spheres of culture, we're learning that is vitally important in our lives. And if we don't, if we don't start understanding that, we're not going to be the salt in the light that we are, that God has called us to be. And so it's important that we understand that in the gospel of the kingdom and we tie that with Jewish economic theory that God wants you to prosper and be blessed, not just so which you can have, but for the difference you can make while you're here in this earth for the kingdom of God. And so, yes, it does include getting people born again. Yes, it does include getting people filled with the Holy Spirit. It does include getting people discipled in the word of God. But it also means that out there in the world, in the business mountain, in the government mountain, in the education mountain, it means that we're making an impact and having a difference in the current world that we live in. Thank you, Billy. That's really, really good preaching. So, so there's a so there's a concept here uh, that I I, I uh, want to give you that I talked about was. To, it's called Tekun Olam and Tekun Olam really it really means literally means this is a Jewish concept and these words are actually Hebrew and uh, Jewish Tekun Olam means repairing the world in other words there is an impact that we have in this fallen world and in that Jewish mindset which we're going I'm going to read you there's this this idea that we're partnering with God to repair the world so I took this, Out of the Secrets of Jewish Wealth Revealed. That's the book. And it says one of the great differences that sets Jews apart from other cultural groups is that we see our wealth as a means to partner with God as a way to bring God's kingdom into this earth, a concept that we call to olam, perfecting the world. We perfect the world by using our God-given wealth to further God's realm on this planet. So what you see is that the Jewish people's pursuit of wealth is often paired, and this is one part I want you to really see, it's often paired with the pursuit of charitable works, not only for selfish purposes. So, in other words, this to Olam, this concept that we don't hear a lot, for example, in Christian teaching, is a, is a is a, a bedrock foundational teaching in the Jewish world where we're actually partnering with God to repair the world. So I've kind of got this, this, you see this, here's the hands of God around the world. This is just an illustration. And here we are working with him to repair what is here. And that's the kind of influence. Listen, let let me say this about wealth. We, We should, everybody in here today should know what I'm saying. If you don't, I'll help you over the weekend with this. But listen, it's not about my four and no more. If that's the only way we think, I I could probably get you there pretty quick just in teaching to help you, show you a few little secret things to do, but then I can't keep you there. Because until you learn that you're partnering with God and it's going to take God at the center of everything you do and the real motive of why we're here and what we're doing, whether we're building our businesses, we're building our our investments, or whether we're, we're doing something through nonprofits, and I do all of those I just mentioned, whatever it is that we're doing, that the whole idea is we're partnering with God to be able to do what he's called us to do and to be able to have the impact in the world. So this next one, I love this one, now, this, is, this comes from the same book, and I love this quote. He says, the bottom line is this, to be religious Jews, we're not supposed to isolate ourselves on a mountaintop and meditate, nor are we to take vows of poverty. Rather, we are supposed to get out into the world, interact with it, and elevate the mundane. Now, I love that phrase, elevate the mundane. He said, this is, in fact, the traditional meaning of tikkun olam, We repair the world by elevating it to the holy. The Talmud actually compares a poor man to a dead person. The Talmud actually compares a poor man to a dead person. If you have no money, then your ability to partner with God, and by the way, the way God spelled there is not not a mistake. It's on purpose. That's an actual quote coming out of the book. They take the O out, use the dash, your ability to partner with God and perfect the world is severely limited, much like one who is dead. I'm telling you. And so the reason that we... And, and, and let me tell you where this made a difference for me is that when I started building wealth back when and I started and I was doing it all for, the, for all of the wrong reasons, even though I was a Christian, even though I believed the Bible, even though I was born again and filled with the Holy Spirit, my mind had not been renewed to what God wanted me to do. Now, God gave me some divine, they were divine connections. They weren't, they weren't worldly connections. They were divine connections who helped me and led me and showed me things, but my heart and my mindset was not right. And it took me uh, several years and my wife, of course, and my uh, my partner, David Briggs, he helped me. And I began to make adjustments in my mindset. And I began to make adjustments and began to understand. I'm going to tell you, I've never said this publicly to any, any group I've ever taught, but I'm going to give it to you tonight. I'll tell you what I did. I started, I started a study during that season of my life because I knew there was some kind of theological, scriptural perspective I was missing. And I began a study on the kingdom of God. And I start. I started calling people. I'd call friends who were ministers, and I'd say, "Preach to me on the kingdom." Seriously, I'd say that, and I'd get my notebook. I had an eight and a half by eleven legal pad, and I'd just start writing what they say. And, it, and actually, I'll tell this the, le, the the other part of the story later in some other setting. Karen, do I have a clock? How much time I got? Yeah. Because where's it at? Oh, I'm good. Thank you, Derek. How come they got y'all behind those black curtains over there? What are y'all doing over there? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. What was I talking about? Y'all remember? Kingdom, Kingdom stuff. stuff. I started studying on the kingdoms and I, and the, and I remember the day I, I'll tell you where I got the revelation. I don't think Dave, you and Karen heard me say this. I was, I was at a Lance Now event speaking uh, Lance had called me back. I, I'll tell those stories maybe later, but not tonight. But, but, uh, and, and I was at a Lance Wall now uh, event, and I was doing the wealth teaching. I was doing that there that, during that time, and another guy was with me uh, on that on that particular trip. And I remember I was sitting on the back row, and Lance got to going not just on the Seven Mountains, but he got to going on the Kingdom. And I'd been doing this whole study on the Kingdom, man. I'd been doing. I mean, I was serious about it. And he said one thing that just like, it's like, you know, when you push the card over and all the car dominoes and the alpha, he said one thing. And so we go back and that was one of the nights I stayed up with him till like four in the morning. You know, of course he does that automatically. It's just who he is. But me, I'm in bed just so you know, you, in fact, this is about my bedtime right now. So if I start yawning, I just want to make sure you're all with me here. But, but uh, that's true. It is. Oh, I looked at that. Karen, how come we're doing this late at night on a Friday? So I began to get a revelation on this, and I realized the, the importance of having an understanding and uh, of, of that really the purpose is to see Matthew chapter 6, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in the earth just as it is in heaven. So as God blesses us with wealth, then we can partner with God in great, greater measures than we ever could in order to do what, what God has called us to do. Now, I have this email. My partner and I, David and I, went to Ethiopia several years ago. And before we went, they wanted us to do this business. Uh, this uh, It was actually a business seminar that they wanted in Ethiopia. I've I read this email in different parts of places I've been when I'm teaching, but I love it. And the English is not good. This is the actual words he wrote, and he's trying to write them in English to the best he can. So there's a couple of places where it's definitely broken English. And he said, thank you so much for the progress and determination in doing the seminar here in Ethiopia. As all of you may remember, I have tried to highlight some points to be considered into your teachings, which you have in mind. To sum up about, and remember this is his writing, to sum up about, it is urgent for the church to be aware and involved in this business world where everyone's language is about business. If you stay here for a few days in Ethiopia and listen, pardon me, people are passionate to be business owners and grow economically. And in the midst, this midst of movement, I think the church is not sure of the ways she can involve in. Members, including most leaders, do not have clear insight in this regard. Ordained church ministers are worrying how to, how, how to it besides their ministry. There are so many issues and challenges related to this timely issue. In developing nations like Ethiopia, sound teaching in this regard is like laying the foundation to redeem the generation to come. Let me say this to you. In nations like the United States of America, this teaching in this regard is laying the foundation to redeem the generation to come. And if you don't believe that or see that in the current environment that we're living in, you're deaf, numb, and blind. We're going to pray for you to get healed because let me tell you right now, we need a revelation of the word of God and our role in the earth right now and in in the nation that we live in to see thy kingdom come, thy will be done in the earth, even as it is in heaven. Amen. Margaret Thatcher, the prime minister said, no one would remember the good Samaritan. If he only had good intentions, he had money as well. We had a speaker at Summer Family Bible Conference who's a personal friend this year, and he quoted this. He got this from me, not me from him, And he, because he has all of my, my the teachings. And I told him I appreciated him using it because the this quote came from Thatcher, and, uh, and her, she's making a point here. We want to we talk about the Good Samaritan and the heart and the motive of the Good Samaritan, but we forget he had the resources to do what he did. Everybody here? Okay. So she says, no one would remember the Good Samaritan if he only had good intentions. He had money as well. And that's a lot of times is a perfect description of the body of Christ. We have good intentions, but we don't have the resources to do what God called us to do. Well Robert said, whoever controls the finances of a city or nation controls of a city or nation controls the finances of a city or nation, controls the spiritual climate. And he said that many years ago, and it's really true. So when we start thinking about where we are right now in the earth, when we start thinking about where we are, then the revelation, I have my whiteboard, I'm gonna use it here for a second. But the right, but but the 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 mindset of the seven mountains, which it seemed you know to be kind of the the spiritual uh, illustration that we use of the different spheres of society that we in any nation that we go in, usually they have these. And so, as we look at that, the real truth is, if I get over here for a second and I draw this out. Here on the whiteboard, and I'm assuming everybody can see with the cameras and stuff. For the, but if I draw the seven mountains, you know my mountains may not look as good as some other people's. But if we go over here and we draw the seven mountains, I think that's seven. One, two, three, five, six, seven. I did pretty good without counting. Okay, so over here, what we have is what what's happened in the church historically is that the church. I'm going to call this the church mountain right or we actually I don't like the word church here I prefer the word here to be religion now I'm going to tell you why not because not just because I think you know there's we, we got to work on that but I'm going to do it for an illustration what's happened is the church has hidden out in the religion mountain we haven't come over to influence the other mountains so if we get over here and we write let's say government and we do education Right? We have that. I'm going to go way over here and put business. B. that's an I. Yeah, y'all going to have to pray for interpretation. I can already tell. (laughs) So what what has happened is we've hidden out over here in the religion mountain, and we've left the other mountains, as it were, to the devil. Because the Bible says, and the gates of hell shall not prevail... Against the church. So, what's happened is that Satan has put the gates at the bottom of the mountains and he's told the church, You can't come in. The church's job is to go. Up the mountain. So Satan has put his gates here at the bottom. And when, when Matthew chapter 16 said, and the gates of hell shall not prevail, it means that the kingdom of God is, it is expanding. And the Bible says in that same verse and the violent take it by force. This is the stuff we take by force. We expand the kingdom by taking the kingdom into the government mountain. And God help us and God forbid that if the church doesn't go in, start going into the education mountain and start having impact in the education mountain where we live and go in, the kingdom of God advances, the Bible says, by violence and the violent take it by force. It means that we are not going to allow the gates of hell to keep us out of what God has called us to do. Now, if we have a revelation of that, we have to understand that if we're gonna have that kind of impact, we have to have an understanding of how to build wealth. So for me, stay with me now, for me, I learned how to build wealth because I was passionate that the church was telling people they could prosper, but nobody was telling them how to prosper. I had a famous, uh, very famous, prosperity minister's wife who came and was speaking for us at our church and this particular minister came a couple of times a year to us during that season of time. And I remember she told me, Becky and I were having dinner, long dinner, a nice dinner out and she said, Billy, it's time that the church quit telling people they can prosper and somebody start telling them how to prosper. And so the books that we've done, the Wealth Builder University, all the different things that we, we are continuing to produce, we have several new ones coming out, all of that stuff that we have and that we're doing All of that came from teaching people how to do it. But let me say this, the how to, watch this now, the how to has to be put into a kingdom context because if we don't put it into the kingdom context, then our motives and our purposes get skewed and we get off base to what God is calling us to do. And so you've got to have both. You've got to have the context of doing it in the kingdom. And the real truth is the church should be here above the seven mountains so that it can go into all of the mountains to have the impact that it's supposed to have the gates of hell. And we need some people in the body of Christ that start going up here to the top of the mountains I call it the top of the education mountain. We need the top of the government mountain. Here, the top of the business mountain. And uh, Lance and I were staying up one night talking in Palm Springs, California. And we were, the first one I was telling you about, I was in Mazalon, Mexico. But we stayed up late and we were talking in in Palm Springs. And he said to me that night, he said, and that was about three o'clock in the morning. And he said to me that night about three o'clock in the morning, he said, you know, Billy, I want to tell you something. He said, money and business are hard to teach on. He said, but I, I hear you teach, and when you teach it, I can understand you. He said, the second thing is people need to understand money mastery. That's where the title came from of the first book, Money Mastery, it came from that conversation. And he said this, people need to learn how to have mastery of money. But he said, the truth is, what happens is that because nobody is telling us how to, He said the secrets to reaching the other mountains is the business mountain because money operates in all of the other six mountains. And because it takes money to operate in those mountains, if you don't have money in those mountains, then you don't have any influence in those mountains. And so the truth is, as we begin to get a, a scriptural revelation <clears throat> for why are we here and what God has called us to do, it makes a major difference. And one of the things I'll say, just even at Andrew Womack Ministries, because I happen to be in a, a spot where I'm able to speak to the founder every day, and as we talk about this, the real call that Andrew Womack Ministries and Karis Bible College has had, for example, to do truth and liberty. And the real the reason that truth and liberty has now become another 501c3 of a part of which I'm going to show you guys tomorrow and Sunday, probably later tomorrow, I'm going to show you some organizational setups for nonprofits to try to help you. One of those we had to do was with truth and liberty. And, uh, but one of the reasons we do that is because we realize that this government mountain has got to be influenced with the kingdom and it's got to be influenced with the gospel and the truth. When Jesus came, he was full of grace and truth. And what a lot of people don't realize, it takes grace and truth. And so we're teaching the truth, preaching the truth, and declaring the truth as we understand the seven mountains and where we need to go. So these are the biblical foundation. I want to just give you here, as we talk about this, a biblical foundation. Now, the rest of what we do will be actually moving and showing you how to... Thanks for listening to the Wealth Builders Podcast. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate and review the show. You want to learn more about who we are? Visit our website at wealthbuilders.org and check us out on Facebook. We'll see you next time.